and we are back to re-virginize the fan podcast for the HBO Max series. And just like that, another Sex in the City story. And this is episode four of season one. Candace, has it hit you yet? Yes. It oh. finally has hit me. Um, oh my god. I'm I'm really enjoying the later episodes, um, which I think we spoke about before. I'm fully now obsessed, and I am here for all of it. I am ready for what's next. I am so excited. Well, you know what's crazy is this season is just 10 episodes, and next next episode is episode 5, which means we've reviewed half of the the season. Insane. It's almost like, where did the time go? Insane. I'm liking where it's going, uh, but it's crazy to think that we're already going to be at half of the season. Well, did you hear that the series got picked up for season two? Oh, yes. That's something to celebrate because for a while, I did think this was going to be a one season situation. I don't think the I don't think the viewers are enjoying the show probably as much as us, the fans are. <laughs> so I I was I mean, I was a little sad in the beginning because I said, oh, this is probably going to be one of those one seasons for the nostalgia Dang. and out. So the fact that we're getting a second season, I think I'm I'm very much here for it. I'm here for it. And to be quite honest with you, in my head, I'm like, it's going to be a third season. Then there's ah. going to be a fourth. <sighs> like, literally, because, you know, I've been following this series since she released her statement in January of this year. Oh and um, it got renewed for season two well before any of the episodes dropped. So oh I'm like, holy smokes. This is definitely coming from the higher ups. They know that there's fans like you and I yes. who are going to enjoy the hell out of the show. Oh, and, yeah. um, you know, they kind of prematurely, for lack of a better word, was like, yo, here's season two. Boom. Which makes sense. Give it its, a space. I mean, now that HBO has the, their um, streaming platform, I feel like just give space to shows that we want to watch. And and there's always going to be an audience for a show like this. I mean, yeah. we, we are fans of the original stories and we continue to follow the character story so there is a certain attachment that we have to all of them and we want whatever story is going to be told about them as long as it's told well and you do not mess with the core of what makes them them i feel like we'll there we'll always watch like nothing's going to stop us from watching but that being said speaking of following them um they dropped a featurette uh, i believe yesterday the day after yes. christmas and um, I was I watched a little. I was in the car, and I th- I think I was listening to it. But it was interesting because I know last week we asked. I was like, when when did they start filming? And they actually started filming in July, which yes. is a short amount of uh, a very short period to like film the season. But as it turns out, there as as recent as the week before Christmas, they were reshooting um, scenes. So I, I found it so interesting to hear them talk about how in such a short time they've been filming. I, I I don't know. I thought it was so peculiar. The fact that from July to December, they just, you know, stitched up this the, the season. You know, it's so funny that you say that because, and I know it's probably too early for this conversation, but Uh-oh. I wonder with everything going on right now with Chris Noth, Mr. Pig, and all that controversy and mess, 
I wonder if there's a reason why, why they are reshooting certain scenes of Slade in the game. Because granted, I know that he's been killed off, but you know, yeah. as a mega fan, and then this was, you know, they were filming obviously in my city, the great New York yeah. City. Oh yes, he's our been... city, because well, yes, I live right. in LA, oh, I am a New York at heart. <laughs> Let me put res- let me put respect on their name, Jay. Let me put respect on our city. You know, we've been following this, and there was always speculation that he might die, but there was always speculation that he's coming back um, as like in dreams or flashbacks, oh, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah, because we we saw him film heavily, you know very very heavily throughout the months so i'm wondering if now they're kind of like editing certain things oh that's an interesting one yeah because i the the thing with with the accusations for for mr Noth for chris Noth is that they have they the conversation has been going on for about 10 years now but the accusations have not been made legal up until this year. Right. So, I I mean, as sad as it is to watch this going on, because, you know, a situation like this, is it's never it's never a good situation to to see that it's, it's occurring on either side. Um, but to me, it's it, now that it's now that it's a conversation that's happening so publicly, I and they couldn't have foreseen it because even though, um, you know, celebrities always have rumors around them this is now real this is not concrete so i wonder right. if they just made like a, a last minute decision like you said like hey let's just reshoot a lot of what we need to fill from his loss on the show like his entirety right. of a loss that's an interesting right. take which and i will quickly say makes me wonder the dire- the direction they're gonna go because you know at first when the whole natasha thing happened i won't lie about a part of me in my head was like, oh, maybe he was having an affair or maybe mm. this. But then they kind of like nicely smoothed it over for Carrie. And they're Ooh. like, you know what? He, you know, he wasn't having an affair. He always loved you. He was feeling sad. Now that he's gone, I wonder what they're going to do. What mess oh, wow. are they going to, you know, like Mr. Big, are these secrets really now going to come out? Not Ooh. like any allegations with his fictional character to you know the real actor but I yeah i don't I, the thing is with, with him agreed because the thing is him dealing with what he's dealing with in the his personal side i don't think the show will trash him as well no. i think i think the creators of the show and sjp is gonna is gonna take you know they're friends in real life so i think they're yes. gonna try to smooth it out for his character in some sort yes. of way i absolutely agree all right and with all that being said, let's go straight into the episode. Yes. Enjoy. Enjoy. All right. And we are at Carrie's old apartment. She wakes, yes. up, she wakes up at her old place with all of her emotions. And um, I feel like the scene of her waking up, we feel it. Later on, she describes it as like, you know, that moment where she you, you don't think about it for a second, which takes me back to the movie. She had said something about that when she was jilted, uh, um, that as soon as she woke up, she didn't feel it. And then after that one second, then she feels it. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a it's an impact. But um, she wakes up and she goes to to make coffee. This whole open of this episode was all about the coffee, which I loved. It intertwined them in, in their vibes. Um really well 
and she goes to the kitchen to make coffee. She pulls out her old um, coffee machine, which, by the way, her kitchen is full of shoes in boxes. <laughs> yes. And then it's a cut of her getting coffee, Charlotte getting coffee, Lisa Todd Wexley getting coffee, and Dr. Night Wallace's husband gets her coffee. And I liked the whole, you know, they compressed everything in such a beautiful way. I, I This might be my favorite open of all four episodes. Um where are we at? Yeah, I agree with you. I love the way that this opened. Um, Carrie has finally gone to bed. And I remember, Jay, we were saying last episode that she's finally home, right? And we feel like this is where she belonged. And this episode really solidified that for us because this is the first time we see where she's shut her eyes, she's gotten rest. And even though she wakes up and she's hit with that harsh reality of, you know, big not being here, it's still some sort of comfort of her being there. So yeah. um, I love the opening. She I ends did up too. actually. Uh, I, I, I'm convinced Carrie does not know how to make coffee. I'm so, I mean, this <laughs> no, is the girl that kept, doesn't. No, like this is a girl that kept her sweaters in the stove. She does not know how to yes. use any kitchen appliance. Yes. She has no idea what she's doing. The coffee completely spills. <laughs> Um, and, and the way it spills, I'm like, Carrie, how, how sway? Like, and we're absolutely going to get to that because I feel like, I feel like she pulled the, the coffee machine so confidently she knew where it was at and then it just didn't work out. Uh, but it, as a part of this coffee open, um, it goes over to, uh, Charlotte getting coffee for Lisa Todd Wexley and Lisa getting coffee for Charlotte. And they're in this whole space of like, hey, you know, I got you coffee. I got you coffee too. <laughs> and which is a cute little friendly um, reminder of, of where the, where these girls are going and their friendship. And yeah. um, and then there's a contrast to Dr. Uh, Nye Wallace. Her husband's getting her coffee. She's looking at herself in the mirror, which later we get more context as to what those looks and the way she was looking at herself were. But um, right after the, the the open, we go straight into uh, Charlotte's mommy field trip meeting, and I thought this was this was exactly what I needed to watch with with LTW and Charlotte. <laughs> yes. Um, they're having yeah. a meeting with a few of the other moms from class and, um, Charlotte has planned a botany, some sort of botany for the kids to play with plants and all that kind of stuff and learn. And this other mom, Deirdre, uh, has plants for kids to play with animals and it goes to a little back and forth. With yep. I, I gotta say, I loved the way LTW handled that because <laughs> it was some little back and forth and a little bit of, of like, oh, well, Charlotte, I thought you dropped the ball because I haven't heard from you in a week. Like, calm down, slow your roll. It's been a week, honey. And LTW just defended her friend so beautifully. She's like, well, Charlotte's never dropped the ball on anything. Check your spam, point blank period and that so, was so ride or die candid it was it you know they referenced they referenced themselves as Thelma and Louise um <laughs> which we can get to later but it was such a good moment um that's the exact friend that Charlotte needs because you know Charlotte doesn't really stick up for herself you know she tried but she was getting shot down and uh, so um yeah don't mess with Charlotte I know. Not I think LTW. because yes, especially with LTW. I feel like uh, Charlotte is so you know imp impulsive that sometimes people can dismiss her. It, it can yep. be in a way of like, 
oh, well, this is this is Charlotte again. You know, this is here she goes again. But I think LTW gave it a sense to where, no, 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 we're going to listen to her. And yep. it's going to be what she says. And I'm saying this. And you can tell that the ladies hold LTW to a to an authority as an authority figure because she yeah. went and shut it down. She said, Charlotte said what she said, and that's what's going to happen. And I loved it. <laughs> I loved it, too. Uh, I, I loved love it. it. I think we all need that friend who's going to stand up for us when somebody's really trying to play us because, come on, you knew she was working on that for three whole weeks. <laughs> I know. Sometimes we don't see it ourselves, but the friends next to us do. Um, and then with that, the LTW it gives her props for, for the way that she handles herself. And she invites her to her husband's birthday dinner. Um, and I, I loved that they included this because this was one of those scenes that most shows don't see as necessary. But in the course that we're seeing Charlotte now, I see it necessary. So uh, Lisa invites Charlotte to the dinner and Charlotte says, well, I want to have you over too. And in 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 Charlotte nature and how we know her to be, uh, <laughs> she takes it so seriously. Lisa kind of tells her, hey, Charlotte, you know, it's it's something nothing fancy it's just us and of course charlotte that goes out the window with charlotte and and she <laughs> goes straight into literally canceling a colonoscopy for harry in order to make this happen yeah and um you know it's like we talked about before in the first three episodes um charlotte she can be very impulsive and you know she's always on the go on the go she doesn't know how to really just woosa and we saw this because she wanted everything to be perfect. And LTW says, it's just us, nothing fancy. And already she's like, I invited Carrie, because she's the fashion. I invited Miranda. She's the politics. I got the Shapiro's. I got the Downies. And in my head, I'm like, wait, Robert Downey Jr.'s family? Um, how is that going to sit with Sarah Jessica? Just kidding. Oh, my God. Um, and so she, she plans, like, this whole big thing. And yeah. then while she's planning it, trying to be perfect, she realizes, oh, my goodness all of the people coming are vanilla. Like they're oh, all white, yeah. I have no culture, oh, right? Yeah. Like, and you know, she holds LTW to like on this great pedestal. Like she's this great person. Which she's I feel like rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so. And, um, and you know, LTW is not mean, not a mean bone in her body. So she deserves to be on that little pedestal. Absolutely. And so now Charlotte is racking her brain, trying to, you know, diversify up the little gathering, who can she call? And um, her and Harry are like, wait, what about our neighbors, the Jenkins? Oh, my God. And we're going to get to that really, really <laughs> soon. But even before all this, um, I, we cut over to Miranda's kitchen. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Miranda's kitchen. Candace, this is straight after the night that they had at the, con at the comedy club for Chase show. And Miranda smells like weed straight pot and she gets busted for smelling like pot because she has teenagers in the house first of all i'm sorry louisa gets on my nerves i said it i don't care gets on my nerves so brady and louisa come into the kitchen and they're like mom you reek of pot and you know <laughs> she has this look on her face like she's still dazed like i think miranda had a hell of a night yes. that we did not see. It did uh, not end with the shotgun into her mouth. I think she went on the wild ride of her life. But I anyway, hope she did. <laughs> Brady, me too. 
Brady is like you reek of weed, and here's Louisa with her two cents that no one asked for. Yeah, you know, we're all adults, we know. And she's kind of like, I went out with Carrie and we went out to VIP and like explaining herself. Like, ma'am, you are 55 years old. These are minors. You don't owe them anything. Like, if you got high, you got high. But you know, she won't admit it. And so which it was kind of awkward. Yeah, I have questions when it comes to, like, the way that she raised Brady, because uh, Brady seems very much like, Mom, you smoked weed, and Mom, you, you know, you don't have to hide it, it's all good, it's like, it's like, we all do it, and it does, it just doesn't seem like a Miranda way of, of addressing her kids or having those type of conversations with, with her kids, so seeing Brady be so rebellious to the way that Miranda is, I don't know. I I, I want to see more of that dynamic, that mother-son dynamic. Because even Louisa, Louisa went straight into that kitchen, opened up whatever yep. container, just started yep. eating from it. Like, she's literally been living there since she was born. And right. I wanted Miranda to grab that kid by the hair and drag her out, throw her on the stoop, tell her never to come back. And it just didn't happen. I wanted the same thing too. Like I wanted her to kick her out and be like, yo, get your mother. Like get your mom. <laughs> if there's an issue. Yeah. And um I-, I love when she said, you know, I'm not caffeinated enough. Uh, for this yeah, I, I, yeah, because Louisa kind of gave her shit when, when she said alternative type of people at the club. Yes. Uh, Louisa gave her a look like, excuse me, Louisa, first of all, you do not have the right to give her that look. And who are you? <laughs> like, she gets to say what she wants to say in her own house. Correct. That part. That exact part. Oh, like, fucking hello. bitch. I, I can't stand Louisa already. Me neither. <laughs> okay, Least so... Yes. So Carrie's uh, after Carrie's coffee overflowed, she decides that she's going to go to the bodega and catch some coffee where uh, she it seems like it was a routine of her to go to the bodega to get a coffee because the bodega owner recognizes her. And he's like, hey, how you been? I haven't seen you in a while. How's married life? And there she has to confront the truth again that she has to tell someone that. Biggest dad, you know, he just died. And I love the the I love his reaction because it was very much like what I think all of us would think of doing immediately if we were in that position. Cause he was like, no, 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 coffee is free. You know, and, and, and right. you know what? Because of where you're going to, here, let me drop, let me drop a pastry on top of that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it was sweet. Yeah. Um, it, it was it, I I liked that. I liked the way that, that he handled that. Um, and from there she goes to the new apartment, um, mm-hmm. which is a very sad entering to the new apartment. The the from the music to the way that the camera kind of lets us see that that she her interaction with the apartment. It's it's very, very sad to watch. And then she sees um the Peloton. She sees the Peloton that her husband died on in the closet and it's it's a lot. It's a it lot. is. Um, especially because you know when when you've gone through such major loss and heartbreak, you almost can't believe it. And she says that. She said, I expected him to be there. She's like, I know that there was no way he couldn't, but there's a part of me for a second that forgot. And I yes. think that resonated with everyone who's experienced any kind of loss or trauma. And you know. At the end of the day, yes, this is the fashion, this is the sex, this is the city, but you know, we're still grieving a loss. Yes. And um, it was a very real moment. And Carrie quickly after that, you know, she sees the Peloton and she decides, Jay, you know what? I need to sell this apartment. 
<laughs> yeah, like, she's, she goes to brunch with the girls and, and she's already made the decision and yeah. literally has already. She said, I gave the Peloton to the doorman in literally less than a minute. She was like, no, this Peloton has to go. And she's telling the girls <laughs> like, no, the Peloton's going. The apartment's going. I'm selling it. It's it, she has already made all these decisions, which. Uh, I love Miranda. Uh, Miranda responded. She was like, no, you're not supposed to make decisions while you're halt, which, by the halt. way, I, I don't know if it's a New York thing, but I've, I've known about halt for so long. I don't know if it's like a New York because, you know, people say, like, don't make don't make halt decisions, you know, like when you, it's it's when you're halt It's H-A-L-T and it's yeah. hungry, angry, lonely, lonely. or. Or what's the T for? Oh my goodness! It wasn't tired, right? It was. Was it tired? I think it is tired. Yeah, yeah. When it hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Yeah. So, I I've heard about this forever <gasps> in New York. So you're so right. To me, it was like to me it's like yeah, you don't make uh, decisions when you're halt. But I didn't know that halt stood stood for something, and I had to Google that. I was like, I just knew that it was. Hungry, angry, lonely, tired, but I didn't put it together. It's just, it felt natural as a conversation. But yes, the girls are like, no, don't make a decision. And and Carrie, being herself, she's like, oh, no, 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 honey. I already made the decision. I oh, already yeah. contacted the realtor. Oh, yeah. And um, the re- the realtor, I think, is just great. Like, I love Oh, we're going to get to that, bro. I love that woman. I love that woman. <laughs> um, like, during the, during the, the brunch, um, Miranda throws a little nice bit in there. She's having pro- dinner with her professor. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I actually really love that because we go from her professor ignoring her, Ooh. right? Like, oh, my God, this annoying-ass woman, to next thing you know, out of nowhere. <laughs> you think it's that's just what you're like, thinking? You think her, in her mind it was like, oh, my God, this annoying-ass woman? Oh, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> a- absolutely. Like, if she could make herself invisible... Those few times she's seen her on the train, she would have. If she could turn into Casper, she would have. Um, I agree. I look, you agree. But I really like how we move from, yo, this annoying ass woman yeah. to, wow, like she's someone I can have uh, <laughs> dinner with. Because, you know, Miranda is such a dope person. And yeah. I think you and I kind of got onto this a little bit before. Like, Miranda's not usually the one who has to worry about, like, no. saying all of the yeah, wrong no. things right like, she's so great and so yes so she gives us that tidbit and she's so excited and i remember she wanted she asked if they wanted a bottle of wine and instantly charlotte's Ugh. like oh no 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 we don't need a bottle because you're low-key high-key an alcoholic well i think charlotte had like a million thoughts as soon as miranda said that she should we order a bottle yeah. i feel like charlotte charlotte Everything, and, and we're going to get to many things that happen in this episode that take her back to that, but everything that's happening is telling her, Charlotte, take a fucking chill pill. Yes. And, and, and I think she she's going to have to get the message, whether she wants to or not. But yeah, that, they that's how they end their brunch. And uh, oh, my favorite part of the episode comes, and it's Seema, which we knew Sarita Chowdhury was coming to the show. I love her so so much but her introduction was perfect. perfect her introduction was and 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 uh i hate that i am saying this but i'm gonna say it anyways it was very samantha her intro yep. to the show was very samantha and i i'm here for sima i am totally here for her um 
I love everything about getting out her little Mercedes. Um, she goes upstairs, and and I love it because Carrie showing her the apartment. Which did you guys catch that dig of? My husband didn't really like anything beige. Like, okay, Carrie, I know that's a dig for Natasha, but you know what? Neither here nor there. You but think yes. that's what it was? I do. I do. <gasps> I think because I didn't even catch it. Oh my goodness! I, I hope for our fans listening that you guys catch that part because Seema comes in and um, she's saying, wow, all these bold colors, which I don't really care for in the apartment, but she's like, they're so rich. I love it. It's all got to go. Like, it's, it's all got to go. Like, oh, okay, way to shut my dreams down. Yeah. And Carrie was like, yeah, you know, my husband wasn't really big on anything beige. Oh. And I remember when in the series – when um he told her when he was with Natasha, he said everything in my apartment is beige. And yeah, beige he hated it. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I, like, I love that you caught that because I would have never even made that association. I you love know it. I did. You know I did. I love Don't it. And come yes, for Natasha. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I love I love that 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 you caught the her vibe too, Seema's vibe too, because Seema came in like a wrecking ball. Seema oh, came yeah. in very. She, yes, she was very, she, she was polite. She was very much like, oh my God, I love your apartment. Everything has to go. I love it. And, it, you know, she won me when when she said, oh, wow, that's a pretty name. And she's like, yeah, it means boundaries in Hindi, which is hilarious because I don't have any. Right? Like, she won me right yes. there. Yes. And it's I evidence. Think, <laughs> I think her intro to this scene is... I think if she's going to make such a bold statement throughout the show, I think she's going to be the breakthrough. I think, she, I think she's going to be the breakout of the whole entire story. I was here for all of it. And crazy enough, uh, Carrie needs to go to Midtown, and Seema goes, oh, I'm going to offer you a ride. My car is right out front, which is I feel like it's such a power move. I feel like it's it's. I feel like someone who's very comfortable um, with socializing and interacting is very much that person. Says, oh, come on, come on, I'll, I'll take you. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And um, I, I we see in the car, Carrie goes back to smoking after she smells yes. that Seema smokes as well. Yes. And I I love Seema. She was like, I quit fourteen times, <laughs> right? Like I quit fourteen times. And Carrie, who's actually been smoke-free for a very long time, it just brings her back to old Carrie. Like, I feel like her taking that cigarette was symbolic yeah. to, like, oh, I'm Carrie again. I'm back in my apartment. I'm smoking cigarettes, and the sweaters are going back in the stove. Like, this is me. This is who I am. Um, I really I really enjoyed that scene with them. I felt like I hate to say this, too, and I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. Sam is no longer with us, Ugh. but Seema is just as career-driven, just as vulgar, just as bold. And I feel ah! like, <laughs> indirectly, directly, this is their way of like, hey, here's unofficially a fourth. Oh, right? my God. <laughs> yeah, which was the end, the end by the end of the episode. But you know what I have to, I have to, to me... Okay, when she walked out of her old apartment dressed the way she was, dressed as the old Carrie, the Carrie that we got to know throughout Sex and the City, I was like, well, they're bringing it back. She was walking out of yeah. the apartment apartment the way that she always does. She was back to smoking. 
I low-key didn't want them to take it back to Sex and the City only because I really wanted to see something bold and new. But I guess with the introduction of so many outside factors and so many new characters, I it could be a new spin on it. But I wish they would have really, really allowed their creative juices to flow and said, you know what, we're going to go in a completely new direction. But then again, this does feed into the nostalgia and it does bring us back to the carry that we know. I mean, essentially, when this show first started, um, Michael Patrick King was very keen on this is not Sex in the City. This yeah. is not by far. And 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 it, to be honest, it does feel like Sex in the City, right? Like it's starting to feel more and more every episode. It does more and more. And I wasn't, you know, originally I wanted it to be like that. But in all the interviews, he kept saying, this is not it. This isn't just like that. And, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, he's wrong. Right. And so in my head, I'm like, oh, this is going to be completely different. But no, it really is Sex in the City just in 2021. Right. We I have, agree. you know, we still have horrible bosses. Right. Yes. Like we still have, you know, she she's at a podcast, but she still has a boss up her ass telling her you need to get your socials up. Like, OK, your husband's out, but you need to get your socials up. Like she's very, oh, um, she's very emic, you know, yes. at home. Yes, right? so, I and that's exactly where we cut off to. We we go over to the podcast office and, and we go straight into um Chloe telling her how <laughs> your your pot your your socials basically are are a fucking corpse, you know, they're dead. Like you had no followers, you which which I have to say is so like me because I'm so social and I'm so I Oh my God, Candace! I will socialize with anyone. I will be at all the events. I'll be, at, but I'm I'm not a social networking person. Like I just won't post. I'm so uninterested with showing people what I what my night looks like. I'm just all focused on having fun that night or, or or you know living the life. And so I'm guilty of this as well. So I can absolutely understand where Carrie is and how she's feeling at the moment. I mean, I have to agree with you guys because. I, you know, in this day and age, I'm trying to be an influencer out here on Instagram. And I, I only have like, for you. <laughs> I'm like, I have like 52 posts and they all have been recent because my friends are like, you need to post. And I'm like, I feel like I'm like Carrie, like I'm very into fashion, love fashion, love designing. And yet my Instagram only has like 50 posts. And I'm like, oh my God. So when the, <laughs> when, when her boss is screaming at her, yeah. like get your socials up. I'm like, yo. I'm taking notes to myself, like, Candace, get your socials, right? Like, <laughs> I am so the same way. Um, yeah. And, and you know, it's so weird because Carrie, I would think, as a writer, um, and just someone who was always on page six and always out and about and part of the glitterati, mm-hmm. as they call themselves, I would think she would have a huge following, right? Like, I can see her not wanting to post, but yeah. I can see people being so interested in her because she's Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, but uh, and and I can I can see where you're coming from with that. But it's also like even when we were watching the show, it was some sort of the storyline was some sort of they try to date it as as to like True. well, even though social networking exists now, we're not gonna touch on that. You know what I mean? So it was always this 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 unspoken situation. It, she was already on the columns. She was already on publications. So I think she's very much of that girl that because we know Carrie to be a little bit, you know, self, you know, she's all about her being herself. and 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 it's sort of like the world revolves around me type of vibe. Oh, yeah. I think she's, she's more like, sensitive. oh, I don't need to start social networking. You That's know what I mean? True. 
Yeah, that's true. And she, and, and she does say that because um, after her boss leaves and apologizes to then leave anyway, um, her and I always forget her co-worker's name, but Chloe? apparently they're, they're a little couple. Oh, um, Jackie and Chloe. Well, they hooked Jackie. up. Yeah, they, yes, hooked up. they hooked up. And as they're having their little fight or their <laughs> rant outside, yeah. her and Che are talking and Che's like, you know, you should have totally used my husband just tight as oh an my excuse. God. And here goes Carrie. She's like, no, I'm saving that for when she tells me I need to get back on Twitter. Oh. So, you know, you do have a point, right? Like Carrie. I think she said on tour. I think to go on tour. Oh, I thought she said Twitter. Okay, well, you're probably one right. of the two, but she's she's saving it for something. <laughs> she's saving it for something, and yeah. and 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 your point is right, right? Like, she is the type of person that I feel like in her head they know who I am. I'm yeah. Carrie Bradshaw. I don't need social media, so you know what? It does make sense, and it fits her story. Yeah, it's- I feel like she feels like she walks above it. Um, <laughs> so Charlotte and Harry, and like you had mentioned before, there she's in bed trying to plan this dinner, which was supposed to be casual, right? Which was supposed right. to be just us, it's just no us. one else. It's just something you know, sweet and casual. She's going crazy over over who she's invited. She wants to have a diverse guest list, and she's she's worried because the, her guests are all very vanilla, which I think is her way of saying boring but also they made it to seem as to very white as well right conversations taking them to say is very white and um they come to the realization that we barely have any black friends you know we don't have any black friends which i like that they're touching on especially with charlotte i i like i i think you and i spoke about this before so where miranda was not the best uh way to navigate this topic charlotte Charlotte is very much this woman who is, uh, oh, I'm not trying to be a problem, but ye- she can very much see herself in being a problem. But yep. I like this new light that they're shining on her. And, you know, it's, it's I guess, that little bit of white social guilt at, at the same time where she's like, well, we have to diversify because now that I'm making this friend who is black, I don't want her to think this of me and that of me. So I thought that was interesting to see her in that, you know, whole entire situation. Yeah, I love it, especially because, see, with Miranda's storyline, when she was going, um, having that word vomit, right, and <laughs> saying all the wrong things, um, it didn't feel natural. It felt like the writers no. forced it. Yeah. With Charlotte, it happened organically because that friendship with her and LTW is very organic. You could tell they really love each other. They genuinely enjoy each other's company. So I feel like she's the right person to tackle it because it doesn't feel forced. But yes. I will tell you what did feel forced was, hey, I'm going to knock on the chicken <gasps> store. Oh, my God. What was that about? <laughs> and, I, and, and, you know, I love it because I don't know if you felt the same way or if our <sighs> listeners are going to feel the same way as I did. But um, I feel like she tried to use um, LTW strategy. You know how LTW shut them down well, in honey, front of the school? Work. It did not work. And she's like, yeah, you know, we always say we're going to get together um, because clearly Miss Jenkins is blowing her off. She does not want to go. And um, we don't know why. I agree with Jenkins. I'm with Miss Jenkins. I think I think you don't just you had just texted me and you're coming to my door. Yeah. Excuse me. Excuse me, bitch. But no. But no, it's a it's a hard ass. No, for me. And then it was not even just one. It was four texts. (laughs) And then. um. You know, she's nicely trying to say, like, can you please get out my door? But Charlotte's not getting it. And she's like, 
you always say that we're going to hang out and we, we say that, but we don't do it. So yes, that's great that you can come. And she's like, that's not what I'm saying, Charlotte. Read between the lines. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think Charlotte was trying to do like this whole like, okay, well, I'm going to tell you what it is and I'm going to leave. Um, like LTW and it did not work. It backed No, on. no. And, and I love, and I love how, how, how Miss Jenkins lost some of her chill because she didn't, she didn't lose all of it. She lost no. some of her, her chill. I, I think when she said something about where's the sweater from or something like that. Um, yes. Said, I don't even remember where she said J. it was Crew. from. Yeah. She was, she was like, uh, it's from J crew. Yeah, and I love, love, love her response because it was very much like, "Leave me the fuck alone." I already said no. I'm just gonna keep saying no. Word, and you know that you're wearing baton, <sighs> and I have on something that's seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah, Stop it was playing. irritating. Like you don't like my sweater. True. I think I think she made it to be a statement, and the statement just fell through. It felt so, it all backfired. When it fell through with Jenkins, she tries to call Anthony to see if it'll work, and then she tries <gasps> to invite the same girl that she was going back and forth with, Deirdre, yes. and got her husband's name. Which I want to pause here for a second because I do want to recognize how this is so common of who white women to do. I still don't understand for the life of me how. The certain white people have these weird as German and Scandinavian <laughs> weird as names, Rashkodnosikova, and all these other names that they can pronounce perfectly. But when it comes to uh, alternative, as she's as as Miranda says, <laughs> as other than white names, they get Jeff Joff to Jeff. I'm sorry, but no. When she said your husband Jeff, and she was like, "Who's Jeff? It's Joff." It's, I love that they put it in, but at the same time, it's so frustrating to watch because it happens all, all the, time. the time. And I can see someone like Charlie doing this. And my thing is, you know what I meant. Like, <laughs> you, you know I'm talking about your husband. You you know it. Like, who's that? Your husband, bro. Deirdre's side. I am on Deirdre's <laughs> side on this one, girl. I get my husband's name right regardless. No, you know what? I am going to also agree with you because... I have like one of the hardest names in the world to pronounce like my middle names and my last name. True Latina, I got mad names. And um, it pains me when people don't remember their phonics Ugh. and they say it wrong. And normally I don't care about stuff like that, but the, the older I get, the more I'm like, it's true, thank you. Like that's what it is. Yes. So I'm, I'm with her too. Yes. I don't care I for her, but I'm with her. I feel you on that. My my birth name is just as, as difficult to pronounce. And I feel like for so long, I was always like trying to rework the pronunciation to like make it easier on people. But I think now I, after I turn 30, I'm like, fuck you. You say my name right. And this is how you say, <laughs> and if you say it wrong, I'm going to say it again so that you can get it right. Yep. So this was a really good scene that they kept. But at the same time, I was like, yes, this happens a lot. All the time. And right after this, <laughs> the meteor hits the planet. Uh, LTW cannot come to dinner. <laughs> and yes. this, I think, is the first of the advanced lessons that Charlotte is going to get on playing it cool. Because you know, Charlotte would normally freak the fuck out. Yes. She wouldn't know what to do. She would try to still push it to happen. And she had to see herself in a way that I have to act cool for this woman. Which is what I love because it's like you said, it's a lesson. LTW did say 
just us, Charlotte, because she knows her, right? Like, just us. Charlotte, you, I'm sure that Charlotte was going to have everything catered from Zabar's, right? Like, I am so sure this was going to be the most grandest event ever. And this really forced her to be like, oh, my goodness, think fast. And so right after LTW cancels, she sees Deirdre. And Deirdre goes, yes, me and Joff. Uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, right? No, Joff. Yeah, Joff. Joff. Me and Joff can come. And she's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I totally forgot Harry had a colonoscopy. And here, the most petty Betty there is. Here goes Deirdre. I knew I was right about you. I'm like, what do you mean? You do drop the balls on things. And I was waiting for Charlotte to be like, well, first of all, but you know what? She no, cool. no, and she couldn't have because at that point no. she was like, she was like, I have to act defeated. Otherwise, this I is have just going to continue. And I, and I love it. She, she took the loss or the L and she's like, you got me. And I'm like, but really, Deirdre, you had to? <laughs> yeah. Like. The, oh, yeah, I, learn, Charlotte. I enjoyed that all of that banter. It was actually really nice to see. And then off, after all of this, it's um we see Miranda and Dr. Nia Wallace trying yes. to waiting to get um on the wait list for their reservation at the restaurant. And this was really cute. This was really, really cute. Yes. Oh my goodness. So I feel like she kind of had a Miranda moment. Um <laughs> she's going back and forth with the host because she's like I made these reservations she, he was like I, I don't I don't see you here and she was like I'm there and they just went back and forth and then she was like how did this person get a table and they came after me and lo and behold <sighs> it turns out that she did make the reservation <laughs> for a location in San Francisco Womp. I'm talking about big womp and and but you know i love miranda because miranda wasn't even embarrassed for her she was like well so should we get going she said something really cute like, yeah you know what at that moment i think they kind of traded places of some kind yeah like miranda would have been that girl that would have been like no look up her reservation but miranda was very much of like oh I, there's this really nice place around the corner which kind of irritated me in a way because i would have wanted miranda to be the the what charlotte was to lisa to where no 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 no, no. she made reservations and she's showing it to you get her because that that's me I but know. old Miranda would have. But remember, yes. she doesn't want to use her white guilt. I she know. I mean, not her white guilt, her white savior complex. Like Yes, the white <laughs> privilege. I get it. I get it. It was just so crazy to watch her be like, no, there's a restaurant around the corner. I'm like, no, Miranda, tell them that she got a reservation. Hello. <laughs> but she, so, she, she was so sweet about it. She's yes. like, I guess we should be going then. Um, And, and then we learned, too. Um, that Dr. Nia Wallace does want to have a baby. Yeah, it, they, they go quickly into that, which I actually did appreciate. Yeah. You know, they're sitting, and she's she didn't know Miranda had any kids, mm -hmm. so Miranda's telling her about Brady, and she's asking like, you know, how is it? She's been doing rounds of IVF. They mm -hmm. kind of bond because. Miranda tells her how she remembers when Charlotte went through that. Which, by the way, she called Charlotte a good friend. A good, yeah, you know what? Which, which, I'm so glad you said that. Which is what you call the neighbor. Which is what Correct. you call the girl that lives downstairs. Correct. When she said that, I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you guys were best friends forever. Like, I thought you guys are the originators of BFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFFF
mm-hmm. was so personal and true to Miranda. Yeah. And, and she's and, asking her all these questions about like, how's motherhood? Yeah. Are you going to have any regrets? You know, she's going over how her life feels perfect. And, you know, Miranda does talk about the good and the bad, but ultimately she tells her, you know, when you're ready, it's going to be great, right? Yeah. Like, she goes on how Brady called her bitch, which, which, uh, a side note, quick oh. side note if I can. When did that Miranda happen? Just when did that happen? And how did Brady still have all of his teeth? Exactly. And he must have said it under his breath where he thought she couldn't hear him. Well, must she clearly have. heard him. And I don't must like the fact that Miranda just casually says, Brady called me a bitch. No, I want to hear you say, well, my son called me a bitch. And I had to, like, hit him over the head with a freaking yep. chop, chopping freaking board from the kitchen. Yeah. Like, I, I had to lay him out. Something. Yeah. What was like, that? I'm a lawyer. I can be his def- – I'll be – for his defense, you know, I'll yeah. with his ass. Absolutely. Or you will come to my defense, right? Like, um, but it was a it was a really sweet moment. Yeah. And she's trying to conceive. And I really enjoyed this bond between them, especially how awkward they started off. And mm-hmm. I and, and you know, it was important to me that as a fan, that Miss Wallace gets to see who Miranda really is. Because I'm a huge Miranda fan. So I really like that part. That was very yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it was ultimately a conversation about motherhood, which which ties mm-hmm. into, in the beginning I had said, there was a look that she gave herself in the mirror in the open of the episode. And this very much, this conversation very much goes back to that, the way that she was looking at her body. And, and it is very much right. in a way of like, you can tell that she does want to be a mother, but there's a refreshing sense to her that she doesn't know how to how to explain when she couldn't be a mother when the IVF didn't go through and Miranda's kind of like that explanation that's bridging that confusion because she's telling her that motherhood is great but motherhood sucks and motherhood yeah. will be rewarding but you'll regret it as well and and I yeah. love that exchange because it's very much I think this conversation is giving us a, a, a wider view into the Brady and Miranda dynamic because ever since episode one you and I have been saying how who is this Miranda and I think her feelings towards her motherhood her being a mother to Brady are being more explained to us as a viewer and I I, I really like the way that she kind of painted that picture for Dr. Wallace. I agree. And I love how um she's Dr. Wallace said, so you can't have it on. She said, you can. It's just really effing hard. Like it is. Yes. It's yes. really hard. And um, and then Carrie and, and Seema made it to mid to downtown and they're at this open house. Oh, and um God. it's it got really interesting really quick. Uh, they they which by the way, I don't know how the whole let's go to the open house situation happened, but they're Me at either. the open house. And um Seema said something very interesting to me because she said she explained to her that she's single, but she went forward, she went even further as to make it so that she knows she's single and available. Like I am right. I am very much interested in dating. And um they 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 go around the corner to grab drinks and it, while they're at the bar, they open the conversation about dating and dating apps and, and all these other topics about being single at her age. And I thought it was really nice to hear Seema, who we got this crazy, you know, celebrity open to now be a little bit more vulnerable. Yes. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I really did like that. And that 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 whole scene was really quick at the open house. Yeah. And um, when they're talking, because that was their excuse to leave the open house, you know, <laughs> yeah. she ex- she explains to her how she's on multiple dating apps and stuff. And all I kept thinking of, even though it was Seema's turn to like get inside of her, I kept thinking of like, damn, I wonder what Carrie's thinking. Like, oh. is she going to do the same thing? Because now they're both single. Right, yeah. like, and so it was. It was a very interesting dialogue. I did like that. Yeah, and this in this conversation, they 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 really went into the 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 dating apps concept, which it's another one of those new millennial Gen Z things that they're throwing at us with this show. And like I said, they're doing that a lot. They're doing it in oh, every yeah. episode, and this is just another one. And at the end, I remember I'm I'm looking at my notes now, and I remember I wrote. She gave uh, Carrie a look of hiding something, but we're going to get into that later because it wasn't a look of hiding something. It was a look of offense. Like it was a look yes. of, of vulnerability in, in her offense, but um, which I like that later on it explains it. Um, Charlotte and Harry are at uh, Lisa's dinner. And while they're walking towards the front door, Charlotte is doing this whole studying black thing that, that, some white women do when they're trying to interact with <laughs> with black people and i i get it but i don't get it and it made me uneasy to watch but at the same time i kind of like that i saw how it goes before we get to see you know what i mean because when you have what when you meet white friends for the first time this you know white friends that are that don't have any black friends or or friends that are not white they they kind of do this thing where it's like, oh, no, 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 but I've been to this island or I've been to this yes, country, right? Yes. And that's very much Charlotte. Yes. And, you know, it, it's it was, to be honest, I thought it was going to be cringe. Like, I thought I was going to cringe watching it, but I actually enjoyed watching that entire, um, you know, scene let play out ask, at LCW's house. Let me ask you though, because was it cri- was it not cringe, or was it that Lisa made it not cringe? No, I think that um, I, I think Charlotte, in a way, made it not cringe. If I can really? say, go Only ahead. Because well, at first it was because she was like, "Oh my God, I haven't seen you." She went to one of LTW's friends. She confused some sort of wet girl for another her. one. Come yes, on. and in my head, I'm like, oh, God, the ne- this next scene is going to be so hard to watch. And then here goes Harry, like, oh, but I've read the Michelle Obama book, right? Like they were, and, and because they were studying and, like, trying to figure out what to say, I thought it was going to be even worse than what it was because I'm like, oh, my God, word vomit to the max. But I will say, as the dinner progresses, um, you know, Yes, Charlotte was studying a lot of the uh, of the art and whatnot because she did want to be well versed and seem like she knew what was going on. Oh yeah, um, in LGBT world as a black mm-hmm. woman, but Charlotte is also an artist, which we forget. Like yes. that's that's who she is. She owned her art gallery. She studied art, and I thought she handled it perfectly. Oh my god, beautifully. Um, and and that's why I said like I think she, it started out cringe, but then she made it uncringe because. She took all of her studying and her knowledge to defend her friend, but in a great way. Like, even when she bought the um, comparison, like, oh, and this person is, like, owning music to Beethoven, right? Like, she did that so beautifully that it wasn't just, 
I'm going to study it because I just want to know. Like she knew what she was talking about. And I'm like, yes, Charlotte, give her mother-in-law her ass a kiss and you defend your friend while <laughs> looking like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> yes, I agree. I, I agree in the sense of I definitely love seeing how natural, organic and smooth yeah. Lisa and Charlotte's friendship is turning out. I love that Lisa is so embracing of Charlotte and all of Charlotte's you know, whatever Charlotte-ness she may carry and she may act that way. But it, her their friendship is very, very pleasing to watch. As for the rest of it, I definitely disagree. I thought it was very cringe. Her going to that lady and calling her Gwen and thinking it was an oh, entirely yeah, different Gwen because it was a whole nother black woman. I yes. felt like someone needs to tell Charlotte off. And probably, probably no one will agree with it. But to me, it was very much of like, Charlotte needs a fucking talk to. She needs someone to point at her face and tell her, bitch, just because I'm black, you think I'm every fucking black woman? But at the same time, I get it. It was at Lisa's house and their friendship is so beautiful and I'm liking the way that it goes. So she gets a pass for this one, but I still thought it was so crazy to watch no i agree with you on that part because that um after that part i was uncomfortable for her and with her and i'm watching and it's <laughs> i and know I was, right because on that part i'm like damn she did that because she's black <laughs> yeah. and, you know all black people look like girl yeah but so yes i do agree on that part <laughs> So right after all this dinner fiasco, we go over to Carrie and she's at the new apartment. Um, yes. She turns on the light and she notices something is different, which Seema had said, my people go in and out. You don't even notice them. And that's exactly what they did. Yep. Because they grabbed everything this woman owned, took yep. it out of the apartment and completely beiged it out. This apartment, awesome. I don't even recognize it. What's going on yep. here? Yep. So... You know, Seema is a real estate agent. And I, I have to say, I feel like she's beyond that. Like, she must be one of the best. And yeah. she knows what, you know, buyers are looking for. And she said, it all has to go. And so they redid her apartment and everything is beige and white. Or Natasha, as we'll say. <laughs> and um, Carrie was not, like, she was so shocked. No. But um, they whisked all her stuff away. But then they bought back the goddamn peloton oh my god um, so yes peloton in there but um you know she it, it, it was positive right they have a potential buyer one uh, two potential buyers one for sure and she's like i can extend this and we can get even you know we can really start more buyers and bids going and um yeah but even before this um i love when um Carrie called Miranda as soon as she walked in and she saw the apartment. And yeah, she did see the Peloton. I did think it was interesting, their their conversation, because Miranda said some... And I, I thought this line was amazing coming from Miranda because uh, Carrie told her there's uh, no sign of us in this apartment. And Miranda replied and said, sometimes I feel like in this house, there's no sign of oh, me either. Yeah. And I thought it was so interesting to, to hear Miranda say that because... It it kind of encapsulates all that all of the different Miranda ness that we've been seeing as to like she's not acting like herself she's not being herself in her house it's a it's a different Miranda towards Brady it's a different Miranda towards Steve so I think that line of of well I don't see a lot of me in this house either I thought was so it, it was so explanatory but as well it was I think 
it's the first of, that we're going to hear from Miranda kind of giving her take on where she's at in her life because she did change career paths. Now she's a student. She she's did, trying to, yes. to embrace all these new aspects of her life. So I think her saying that to me was like, oh, she so she feels it. It's not us that go, well, why is Miranda not? I think she's also going through her inter internal whatever change may be that we haven't seen yet completely. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And in a part, and as a part of all this, um, Carrie grabs uh, Big's ashes. Yes. Yeah. She said, um, come on, Big. We don't, be I think she said, we don't belong here anymore. Oh, right. Like she, God. she, she told Miranda that like Big and I don't belong here anymore. Something along those lines. And I'm like, damn, but you know, it's true. They don't belong there anymore. Yeah, I they don't agree. because I agree. what I what I feel about that apartment is Carrie could never live there by herself. Oh, that no. apartment was big and Carrie Absolutely. with no big. There's no purpose for her there, and that's just the way. That's the take that I have for for it. And um, absolutely. And I also feel like there's definitely a, a such a big reason why she kept the old apartment. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. And and you know she she takes him back. To the old apartment. In a Barney's bag. In a Barney's bag. That was so <laughs> iconic. That was yes. so iconic. Yes. And, and and where, why out of all places was that random ass Barney bag just lying there with everything beige? Like just that random ass Barney bag. It was fitting. I know. And I so know. she takes him to her place. And I love it. You know, she makes space for him in her closet. Right. And she says, only until I know where you want to be. Oh my God! When she right? said that line, I thought it was so beautiful because I, I it, yet yeah, it gave us, it gave us the sense of she, well, she's still very much in love with him, but it's yeah. still like I feel like I'm still getting to know you, maybe because when she said uh, just until I figure out where you want to be, I felt like well, I don't, I'm not exactly sure to where your ashes need to be yet. Right, it, which you know. Well, I guess that's for another time, but I was going to say that that also reminds me of how much like you never really know someone like you, you could live with someone forever. You could be married, but you, there's always something to discover. And that's right? the lesson of this. Yeah. I would have thought she would have known. But then again, she also didn't know that he had a dog named Koji. Oh, so. my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're never going to let that go. Never. And she goes, uh, She as she's walking over her bedroom, she sees a note next to her oh. phone, and which, which I love, by the way, that she still has those old corded phones in her house. Um, she finds a note from Stanford, and she uh -huh. starts reading it, and then it starts saying, like, by the time you read this, I'm, I'll be in Tokyo. And um, Anthony comes over to Carrie's place, and I thought, I thought, I I knew what they were doing. I know what yes. the show is doing. I know with Willie Garson's death, I know that they have to restructure his storyline. But just the fact that the first, as soon as I heard Anthony say um, about him being, it, it, oh, um, uh, Carrie asked him, he's like, she's like, He's in he's in Japan and he's like yes I was like oh I know where this is going and yes, I thought, same. I I I automatically felt sad I was watching it for a second time on the way here to the, to the house in the Uber and I thought I, I get where this is going I know that it's gonna be another loss which which I like I said I didn't want there to be another one we've already lost so much yeah. This show is just going to make us nostalgic about everything and everyone. By the end of this show, everyone's going to be dead. Oh, my God. No. Yes. 
it's, it's Game of Thrones all over again. I know, right? But it was it, it it was it was so sad to for the people that follow the show and know what's going on. But it was a a, a crazy situation. Like like he just grabbed and took off. Yes, which which in a way is kind of unlike Stanford, but in a way I I can I I can see it. Very and Samantha. Then, it was very Samantha. Like it was very unlike Samantha, but Samantha still did it. So it was kind of right. like a repeat. So it's kind of like a repeat, and it was very sad because I know they had to rush because may he rest in peace. Willie Garson actually did die and was not available for this episode. I wonder when they were filming because because Willie Garson died in September. But, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if he was sick. I know he died of pancreatic cancer, but I don't know if he was sick up to the time or when they were filming. But I, I don't was. know. That's, that's not here nor there. He was. It was sad because um Sarah kept a secret oh. on set, but he was very sick on set. And um he wanted to do as many as episodes as he can, but they said it would be better for him to just go rest after a certain point because it was going to happen. And so it was sad to watch, but in true Stanny form, he's managing someone's <laughs> career and she's a 17 year old hot commodity in Japan. And while this is very true to Stanny to be obsessed with his career and his clients, um, he also did ask for a divorce from Anthony. Which, which I think they did everything so sudden. They could, I, I would have appreciated it more, like we said with, with um, Samantha, and like we said with Big, if they would have taken the time to be a little yes. bit more creative in yes. the, departing the character from the show, because it does not give us closure. It just no. Oh, a divorce. He left. He gave. He left a note. All of this. It, it, you can spread it out throughout a few episodes. You can. You know. It can be a thing where, you know. Hey, I haven't seen Stan in a while. How. It, there were so many other creative ways, but I also understand so what they're doing. So many. I was actually a little pissed because it, it's not very realistic. Stanny just came from his therapist's office and he made yeah. it known to Charlotte he's here to stay. So I felt like they could have done better. I but um, but yes, this is the direction we're going. And he does want a divorce. And Anthony says something extremely hilarious. He goes, just when we were so happy and in my head, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Happy looks different to him. <laughs> it does. It clearly does. And so, um, so, and you know, and that's actually segueing into some more unhappiness because yeah. we're almost at the very end of the episode here. Yeah. And um, if I'm not mistaken, after that, Carrie meets with Seema. Uh, um, Lisa and Charlotte are having coffee, oh, yes. talking Lisa about the dinner. Yes. yes, and uh, the first thing that Lisa says is she thanks she thanks Charlotte for having her back to her mother-in-law because yes. I, I felt like she did need it to. I I love that they did the Thelma and Louise comment at the dinner, and then now she's like officially thanking her. She's like, oh my god, thank you for having my back. Like it was very much needed because you know when those that banter happens with your mother-in-law, you will never win them. So having never. someone there that has the intellect to not go back and forth with her, but to be like, I. Actually, I think that it was yes. brilliant. I love Charlotte for it. I think it was amazing. She and, redeemed uh, herself. She definitely did. And then she goes on to confess to uh, Lisa about her nervousness because yes. of the, her lack of having black friends and what Lisa might have thought. And, you know, it, I, I thought the scene was so beautiful because she's like, you know, I was I was nervous. And Lisa goes, and I was nervous because... <laughs> 
we didn't have any white, you, you were going to be the only white couple. <laughs> and I just thought that that was so genius, right? Yeah. Like, because originally I thought, oh, Charlotte's so nervous for no reason because she's going to go to LTW's house and she's going to see a mixture of people there. Yeah. And she, you know, like, but no, she didn't. And so I thought it was so cute that they both had the same kind of reaction. I love that. Um, but once again, Lisa is very like, you know, um, don't ever do that again because she admitted to her how she invited Deirdre. Yeah. She, she was like, it, she, you did too much. <laughs> she's like, you're doing too much. But I love how graceful she is. You know, and she's still yes. very much like, you know, we're good. We got And we this. can see that, that she actually does want a friendship with Charlotte because yeah. if it was me in that position, I'd be like, well, why the fuck are you inviting people to make me feel comfortable? <laughs> but I love that she's very much in the space of like, no, I, I actually do love this woman. I, I like this woman. I, I admire her. And I think they admire each other in very different ways, but just as much as the other. And I think the, yes. they, they don't necessarily see that. They see each other as, as it, it, like I said, with eyes of admiration, but sh- they, there's still a nervousness, at least in, in Charlotte's part, to impress and kind of like look good to the other person. But I loved how Lisa reacted to it, and she was so soft on her. I thought it was amazing. Yes, I thought it was amazing, too, because that could have went so many different ways. But this, ca- she's my favorite character, by the way, my favorite new character. LTW is my favorite. She's so poised and elegant, and I'm like... She is the perfect person to calm her down. Yes, absolutely. I am after Seema, Lisa is absolutely my favorite as well. Yes. Um, and we cut over to Carrie going into her apartment where Seema is closing up the the open house and she's asking her like how did the open house go and all this and uh. and you know I will say that I did like the scene um too much. You know, I loved it too much. I lo- I did. I loved it. You know, Carrie is making a friend. She brings some sushi and um, she's telling her, Seema's telling her about all these buyers they have and how maybe she's going to keep it on the market longer. And then she goes, oh, but there was a little accident with one of your friends. Right. And so I guess in Seema's head, it wasn't that big of a deal. Basically, the um she was trying to actually protect the frame because she knew that it was sentimental yeah yeah because because it really was an accident well i Um, think Seema saw it as a picture carrie saw it as a memory she did and um you know it fell and it shattered and she and carrie's like but i thought your movers were the best they moved picasso that's personal why are you touching it and if i'm not mistaken i think Seema mentioned like that's why she touched it, right? Like no, she no, no, wanted no. To... She said, uh, so Carrie said that it, it was personal, so why did you touch it? And Seema said, it, I, I was touching it to put it in the drawer because it was a personal item, yes. so it should have been put away. And then she said that it wasn't her guys that were touching it, it was her. It was her. Yeah. And um, this is when we really see Carrie break down. Carrie is, you know, Carrie can be very bitchy, but she, she lost her shit. Why would you touch it? Like, yeah. why would you touch it? And Seema's like, you know, we can replace it. No, you can't replace it. I saw this going so left, by the way. Yeah. She was like, you know, the love of my life is in this photo. And he touched this glass every single And her line was so so beautifully written where she said, he's gone, it's broken, and no one can fix it. And no one can fix it. And I, it, it was so symbolic. It was so sentimental. 
And this is when we're seeing Carrie lose her shit. You know, people are expecting to see her lose it at the funeral. They're expecting to see her lose it in the house. But in reality, when you're grieving, sometimes you lose it at the smallest things. Yeah. And it could have easily took a wrong turn. And, but Seema did, you know, you we've all been in a situation where we can either choose violence or choose to be the bigger person. And and Seema could have easily, cho- she is this power woman. She is, you know, in a position where she could have been easily like, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to sell your fucking house and we never have to talk again. But I love that she took uh, she took that right turn to 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 be apologetic and to say, you know, I am sorry. I understand. And and sh- they brought up the conversation of insensitivity, which I yes. love yeah. the both takes on it because uh, Seema was to, made the decision to be vulnerable enough to bring back to her how she felt offended by a comment Carrie had said. And it went on. To, it was this insensitivity concept that took over. And I thought that was so beautiful for both of them to be vulnerable at that space. Carrie was mourning her husband. And that picture meant more than it being just the picture. And Seema came from a place where you can see that her biggest issue right now might be that she is feeling lonely. It might come from a place where she's been trying and trying to meet someone been trying to date and it's just not working out so she did take offense to a comment that where carrie said you know you're still putting yourself through that like you're still putting yourself out there you know to meet someone i thought it was so but they both came with the same energy and they both toned it down for each other as to oh my god wait i'm in the wrong as well which i thought was really great it was really great writing um, I didn't anticipate it going that way. I just thought Seema was going to say sorry a thousand times. And then Carrie at some point would say sorry for being a bitch. Yeah. But um, I do like how she said, you know, maybe I'm not all that sorry. Right. Um, and, and you know, and Carrie was very honest. She's like, I didn't mean it that way. And Seema said, yeah. and, and, you know, I, I didn't either. Right. Like I liked I liked the, the Seema line of, well, I wasn't all that a little part of me wasn't all that sorry for you. Right. It's, it's also a way to see to make Carrie see that you you were in privilege. You did have a yeah. you were able to love this man till his death. Like that is what that is what we our vows state in our wedding. That's what we promise to each other when we step into, into these these relationships to love each other to a death. And you did that with the man. A little part of me doesn't feel sorry for you. And I love that she said that to her because I think it puts it into perspective to carry us to, oh, like I did have that love. And here is a woman who is trying to get that. And I'm, I'm trying to, yes. And I understand that she is mourning and she's going through that, that process of loss. But it also puts in her head that, oh my God, I can't rub my privilege against, you know, what she is going through. I have to be understanding as well. Yeah, I, I loved it. That was a good, it was, it was kind of like a good kick in Carrie's ass in a way. You know, um, which, again, unpopular opinion, but I feel like Samantha would have definitely done the same thing. Yes, um, yes, so, absolutely. But, you know, and we and we wrap up this episode very beautifully um, yeah. on that note, because that's how it actually ends, if I'm not mistaken. It cuts right there. Um, yeah, she she said, yes. uh, do you want to share some do yellow you want some tail? Su- yes. And I loved it. It was really cute. And then um, she says, and, and just like that, a friendship, you know, a friendship came out of it. So I thought it was really, really cute. I agree. This this was a very good episode. I'm loving this one and the last one. Like, it makes such a difference when you see that um, 
Michael Patrick King is not really writing them. <laughs> yes. And and we I know we said this in the third episode, but watching this episode, I can tell the difference. I could tell that he didn't have ultimate control over it because the yeah. episode felt like it was a different show, but it was carrying the essence of the Sex and the City. And, yeah. and it, it carried it beautifully. It carried the characters beautifully. I think it tied in the new characters in a very, very organic way. Nothing felt forced. Nothing felt, you know, and nothing felt like it didn't belong in the storyline. I think... I'm really enjoying this fourth episode. And I think that wherever they take it after this, like I like we, I said, episode one, two, and three, I am very excited to see. Also, it's very important to know that the episode was dedicated to Willie Garson. Yes. And uh, they had a nice little uh, tribute at the end of the episode. Yes, I did. I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I mean, we, we say it every episode, but I'm here for it. I'm I'm definitely feeling the show more now than I was with the first two. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. And just like that, that was episode four of And Just Like That. We will catch yes. you all on episode five. Bye guys. <laughs>